بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين All praise and thanks belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and may the peace and blessing of Allah be upon his servant and final messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam As to what follows my dear respected brothers and sisters in Islam Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, in Surah Al-Shu'ara, وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى الْعَزِيزِ الرَّحِيمِ الَّذِي يَرَاكَ حِينَ تَقُومُ وَتَقَلُّبَكَ فِي السَّاجِدِينَ إِنَّهُ هُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمِ These are powerful ayat from Surah Al-Shu'ara. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in these ayat. He says to him, وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى الْعَزِيزِ الرَّحِيمِ Put your trust and reliance upon Allah, Al-Aziz, Al-Rahim, the Almighty, the Merciful. Then Allah Azza wa Jal says, الَّذِي يَرَاكَ حِينَ تَقُومُ Allah is the one who continuously sees you when you stand up for prayer. Allah Azza wa Jal sees you when you stand up for prayer. وَتَقَلُّبَكَ فِي السَّاجِدِينَ And he sees your movements among those who prostrate. And when you do prostration and you go from the prostration to standing and then from standing to ruku' and then to sujood, these movements in a salah, Allah Azza wa Jal is saying that He sees you when you do them. Innahu huwa sami'ul alim. Now the idea is this. Even though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees our movements all the time, every moment of the day and the night, Allah Azza wa Jal sees our movements. However, in these ayat, Allah Azza wa Jal specifically mentioned that He sees us when we stand for prayer. Hina taqum, when you stand up for the prayer. And He specifically mentioned that He sees us when we move throughout our salat from standing to ruku' to sujood in these positions. Why did Allah Azza wa Jal mention specifically that He sees us as we are praying? This, my brothers and sisters in Islam, is an indication to the fact that the most beloved sight to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for him to see his servants in is when we are standing in as-salat. Otherwise, Allah azza wa sees us all the time. But in these ayat, he specifically mentioned that he sees us when we pray. And this is an indication to the fact that this position, when we are standing in salat, is the most beloved position to Allah Azza wa Jal to see the servant engaging in يعني, the most of his time during the day and the night. Ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu, he said, he asked the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ayyul a'mali ahabbu ilallah? What is the deed that is most beloved to Allah? This is a direct question. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam answered Ibn Mas'ud and he said to him, As-salatu fi waqtiha, that you pray as-salat during its fixed prescribed time. This is the most beloved deed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. And so that means we must focus on this meaning every single time we stand for as-salat. That Allah Azza wa Jal loves to see me stand in prayer. You must focus on this meaning. That Allah Azza wa Jal loves to see the servant in as-salat. 
so that every time you get up to pray, pray with this kind of feeling that has enveloped your heart and your soul. That Allah loves to see me standing in a salat as opposed to praying with the mindset and the mentality that I have a responsibility, I have an obligation, I have a task, I have a duty to do, let's get up and pray. Yes, we all have this duty to get up and pray. But when you pray with a mindset of, I love to be in a position that Allah loves, it changes your perspective about a salat. So keep this meaning in your mind every time you get up to pray. This is something that is supposed to motivate you and continuously motivate you and encourage you to pray, whether we're praying voluntary prayers or obligatory prayers. The thing that motivates you keep in your mind and in your heart that Allah loves to see me in this position when I get up and I pray for his sake subhanahu wa ta'ala. My brothers and sisters in Islam, why was as-salat the most beloved deed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Simply because from the very beginning of the prayer to the end of the prayer, all your limbs, your tongue and your heart and your feet and your bones and your nerves and your hands, your fingers, your eyes, every single limb of yours is engaged in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. Every single limb of your body is moving in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The tongue and its remembrance of Allah azza wa jal throughout the entire prayer. Your eyes as it looks to the area of as-sujood, it's moving in the worship of Allah. Your ears, when you're praying behind the imam and you're listening to as-salat, it's engaging in dhikrullah. Every single limb, your hands, as you move them up and down when you go, your entire body and your bone joints when they move, and your feet as they move throughout as-salat, all of your body moves. Therefore, as-salat is the most beloved deed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it involves your entire body parts moving for the sake of Allah Azza wa Also, why is the prayer the most beloved deed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because as-salat combines all the pillars of Islam. Did you ever think of this? What are the pillars of Islam? They are five. Al-shahadatayn, to declare that Allah Azza wa is one Lord worthy of worship and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger of Allah. The second pillar of Islam, as-salat, as-zakat, Ramadan, wal-hajj, five pillars. You know the prayer, it combines all these five pillars. Listen to how. First and foremost, al-shahadatayn. When we say, ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, well, when you pray, that is a declaration to the oneness of Allah azza wa jal. Because it's only the one who believes in Allah that prays for Allah Azza wa Jal. Therefore, as you pray, there is an element of ash-shahada. There is ashhadu an la ilaha illallah in your salat. Otherwise, if you did not bear witness that Allah is one worthy of worship, you wouldn't have prayed. So there we go. As-salat has the element of ash-shahada. The second part of ash-shahada is wa ashhadu anna Muhammad rasulullah you bear witness to the fact that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the messenger of Allah. Where is that in a salat? Because when you pray, how do you pray? Who taught you how to pray? 
النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم and the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم himself said صلوا كما رأيتموني أصلي pray in the same manner you see me pray so when we pray we are praying exactly how النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم prayed nothing more nothing less so that is أشهد أن محمد رسول الله in your salat so every time you pray there is أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله in your salat because you are praying and your salat is a manifestation it's a display that you have accepted that Allah is one Lord worthy of being worshipped and in your salat there is, a, there is a display that Muhammad Rasulullah because you are only praying according to how he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught you how to pray the second pillar of Islam is as-salat as-salat is as-salat the third pillar of Islam is as-zakat how is the prayer how does the prayer have an element of zakat? Listen, what is a zakat? A zakat is when we give, uh, when we give money, when we give two point five percent of our wealth to purify the rest of our money and our soul. This is what zakat is. The prayer is time we take out during the day and night. Salat is this one hour. We take away from the day and the night and we fulfill our obligation. We pray for Allah and that prayer, it purifies the rest of our day and night. It purifies it and it purifies our soul. Allahu Akbar. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, As-salatu ila salat mukaffiratun lima baynahuma majtunimat al-kabair. That one prayer to another, it wipes away all the minor sins in between if the major sins were to be avoided. So looking at the opposite, uh, for example, looking at the opposite sex with a lustful look, this is haram, it's a minor sin. So that is wiped away with your salat. From one salat to another salat to another salat, it wipes away those minor sins. So just as a zakat, you take out 2.5% of your wealth, it purifies all your wealth and all the dirtiness of the soul. Then as-salat is that one hour of the day and the night you take out and then it purifies the rest of the day and the night for you and it purifies your soul. Allahu Akbar. For this is how as-salat has an element of zakat in it. طيب. And uh, the fourth pillar of Islam is Ramadan, to fast Ramadan. How does a salat have an element of Ramadan in it? Because in Ramadan, we do not eat and we do not drink and we do not engage in sexual relations during the day. And a salat as well. We do not eat and we do not drink and we are focused in our salat to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So a salat has an element of Ramadan within it. And finally, the last, pillar of Islam is Al-Hajj. And how is As-Salat, how does it have an element of Hajj? How is As-Salat related to Al-Hajj? Because when we want to perform Hajj, we go to Mecca and we do Tawaf around the Kaaba. And in our Salat, we are facing the Kaaba. We are facing the Kaaba. Therefore, the prayer combines all the five pillars of Islam within them. Allahu Akbar. This is why as-salat is the most beloved deed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And my brothers and sisters in Islam, a third reason, 
Why the prayer is the most beloved deed to Allah Azza wa Jal is because from the very beginning of the prayer to the end of the prayer, we are remembering Allah Azza wa Jal non-stop without any distraction. You're not allowed to answer your phone during a salat. You don't read messages during a salat. You don't open up WhatsApp and Facebook and social media. None of that is allowed. You are purely focused in your salat from the very beginning to the very end. It is all dhikrullah non-stop. From when you say Allahu Akbar and then you praise Allah subhanaka Allahumma wa bihamdik wa tabaraka smuka wa ta'ala jadduka wa la ilaha ghayruk. And then you read Quran, the most beloved word to Allah Azza wa Jal. And you begin to ponder over what you read. This is the greatest dhikr that Allah Azza wa Jal ever gave mankind, which is Al-Quran. And so you're reading this, you're remembering Allah in your salat. And then you move from that to Al-Ruku'ah. In Al-Ruku'ah, you're saying, Allahu Akbar, and you go down non-stop. I'm telling you from the beginning to the end of a salat, non-stop dhikr for Allah Azza wa Jal. And you know, when you're moving from one position to another position in a salat, when are you supposed to say Allahu Akbar? You're supposed to say it throughout the movement. Yani you're not supposed to say it from when you move. Yani let's say you're standing and you want to go to uh, ruku'ah. You don't say Allahu Akbar and then you move into ruku'ah. That, that's wrong. And you don't move into ruku'ah and when you're finally in ruku'ah, you say Allahu Akbar. That's wrong. The correct is to say Allahu Akbar as you're moving from one position to another. So when you want to go into ruku'ah, you will say Allahu Akbar and you stretch it out until you reach the next position. This is how you say it. Why? So that the prayer, not a single moment is that you remain silent from dhikrullah. The prayer is supposed to be continuous dhikr. You're not supposed to stop even a microsecond from dhikrullah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you go into ruku'ah. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, وَأَمَّا الرُّكُوعَ فَعَظِّمُوا فِيهِ الرَّبِّ Honor Allah Azza wa Jalla and glorify Him in your ruku'ah. Subhanallah. That's what Rasulullah said. So that means say, Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. Subhana Rabbi Al-Azim. You say it minimum 10 times. Yani, there is some opinions, three, but the minimum is 10 times. You're supposed to say it 10 times. This is where a sunnah is more correctly to 10 times. We even in a sujood, subhana rabbi al-a'la, more correctly is that it's said 10 times. So you make, uh, you honor Allah azza wa jal in, in your ruku'ah. And uh, honor Allah, you know, some people say, what's a good number of times that I'm supposed to say subhana rabbi al-a'la or subhana rabbi al-azim when I'm in ruku' or in sujood? How many times should I say, what's a good number of times? My brothers and sisters in Islam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, عظموا. He said, عظموا fihi rabb honor Allah, glorify him in a ruku'ah. So I tell you something, an answer to that question. Stay in your ruku'ah until you feel that you have glorified Allah. Stay in your sujood until you feel that you have really honored and glorified Allah azza wa jal. Because this is what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said. Glorify Allah in your sujood and in your ruku'ah. Now, so look at this. From the very beginning of a salat to the end, non-stop dhikrullah azza wa jal. 
And then you get up from al-ruku' You praise Allah Rabbana walakal hamd Hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan feeh You go into sujood And that's the closest position You are to Allah Azza wa Jal And you're continuously making dhikr of Allah And then you're sitting on your knees After you get up from a sujood And this kind of sitting is the sitting of a beggar It's the sitting of someone who is in need you're in need of Allah Azza wa Jal. So this is the time in where you say, Rabbighfirli, 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 Warhamni, Wajburni, Wahdini, Wa'afini. These are adhkar and dua you say as you're, as, you, as you're sitting on your knees while having gotten up from a sujood. Now, until, until you're making a tahiyat, until you say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, the entire salat, dhikr to Allah, none stop. This is why it was the most beloved deed to Allah Azza wa Jal. And there are absolutely no distractions in a salat. You're supposed to be focused. You're supposed to be focused to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So my brothers and sisters in Islam, the prayer is the most beloved deed to Allah Azza wa Jal. So if a person claims to love Allah, then he must do that which Allah loves. It's very simple, the equation. If you claim to love Allah Azza wa Jal, then do that which Allah loves. So engage in plentiness when it comes to as-salat. I'm not just speaking about al-fard, voluntary prayers, usun and pray. And if the prayer is the most beloved deed to Allah, that means the quickest way to earn Allah's love and pleasure is by praying and praying a lot. So my brothers and sisters in Islam, pray. Pray before sunrise. Pray after sunrise. Pray before midday. Pray in the afternoon. Pray after sunset. Pray at night. Pray in the last third of the night. Pray whenever you need Allah Azza wa Jal's guidance on a specific matter. Pray every time you enter al-masjid. Sallu. Pray. Pray a lot. Pray as much as you can. We are only or we only have one chance on this earth after we die. That's it. No more salat is required from you. The obligation has been lifted. Responsibility has been lifted. That's it. You are now awaiting the results for the day of judgment now. You are awaiting the day of judgment to see the results of your salat. Now, now we are in the exam now. Now is the time. Pray as much as you can. Don't be lazy. There is a Sahabi, his name is Rabi'at ibn Ka'b al-Aslami, radiyallahu anhu. He said that one time he went to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he asked him a question. He said to him, no, actually this Sahabi, Rabi'ah, radiyallahu anhu, he said, كنت آتي رسول الله بوضوئه وبحاجته. He used to bring the bowl of water for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in order for Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to make wudu. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he asked Rabi'a one time and he said to him, Salni. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to Rabi'a, ask me. Ask me something. Ask me whatever you want. Tell me what you want. Allahu Akbar. What do you think Rabi'a will ask? So Rabi'a radiallahu anhu, he said, Ya Rasulullah, murafaqatuka fil jannah. I ask that I be your companion in the paradise. Allahu Akbar. And this Rabi'a was a young boy. Look what his aspiration was. Look what is bothering him and what he wants and what is on his mind. 
He wants to be a company of Rasulullah, a friend of Rasulullah in the paradise. He did not ask for anything worldly. So then the Prophet وسلم, said to him, ذلك, Do you want anything else? Allah, يعني he's asking him, do you want anything else? Okay, fine. You want to be my companion in the paradise. Is there anything else you want in this dunya? Anything you want? Farabi'ah said, That's the only thing I want. I want to be your companion in the paradise. Allahu Akbar. The high aspiration that As-Sahaba radiyallahu anhum had. So then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, فَأَعِنِّي عَلَى نَفْسِكَ بِكَثْرَةِ السُّجُودِ He said to him, help me out by making a lot of sujood, which means by praying a lot. It doesn't just mean go drop into sujood every time. No, it means to pray because a sujood comes only in a salat. Except if a person was doing sajdatu shukr or sajdatu tilawa, when you recite the Quran and there is an ayah of sujood, then you go straight down into sujood. Or if there's an excitement moment in your life and you want to thank Allah for it, which is recommended, you go into sujood straight away. Otherwise, a sujood is supposed to be in salat. So the hadith means, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to him, help me out. You will be my companion in the paradise. But there's something you need to do. Pray a lot. Pray a lot. Pray in plentiful. Subhanallah. And so again, if the prayer leads to the paradise, not only that, but a lot of prayer makes a person close and companions and neighbors with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the paradise, if that's the effect of a salat, then surely it must be the most beloved deed to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My brothers and sisters in Islam, I want to warn you of something. And this is something severe, dangerous, and serious. And it is answering the question of why most of us are lazy when it comes to the prayer. Why is it that? Look, there is a lot of people that are extremely lazy when it comes to the fard, the fard prayers. There are some people that pray the fard, huh? yani he pushes himself and he prays the fard. There are others that find praying anything more than the fard is very, very difficult upon them and they are lazy concerning that. When it comes to sunan ar-rawatib, you know, the sunan that are attached to the prayers, the ones before and after the prayers, some people don't pray that at all. Allahu Akbar. Muslims don't pray that at all. They only stick to the fard. Walhamdulillah. But we need to lift the standard and the bar up for us. You need to climb and ascend in your relationship with Allah Azza wa Jal. So I want to answer this question. Why is it that we are lazy when it comes to the prayer? Some people have never ever experienced the night prayer in their life, except in Ramadan, in Salat al-Taraweeh. Some people, they don't know what witr is and they have never prayed witr. Some people, Salat al-Duha, goodbye. He doesn't even pray Salat al-Duha and doesn't even know what it is. So why? Why is it the case that we are lazy when it comes to the prayer and don't have that of a great concern towards the prayer? Listen, I will tell you why. Listen carefully. Since we have just established now in our lesson that the most beloved deed to Allah is the prayer, Therefore, you should know that the shaytan, the shaytan's evil whispering is going to be the strongest to the servants whenever the time for prayer comes. Yani, look, there's a principle here. 
The deeds that are most beloved to Allah are the deeds in which a shaitan's evil whispering upon us would be the strongest. Learn this. The deed, as-salat, is the most beloved deed to Allah. So a shaitan is going to work extra, extra hard to keep you away from as-salat. And similar to this principle is that the deeds that are most hated to Allah, the shaitan's evil whispering for you towards them would be the most strongest. Understand this. And so when you realize and recognize this, you need to know that the laziness is coming from a shaitan. It's coming from a shaitan. He wants to keep everyone away from as-salat. So you need to fight him. Fight him with al-isti'adha. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir-rajim. The strongest word ever said that would crush and destroy a shaytan. It's al-isti'adha. That is the sharpest knife against a shaytan. Al-isti'adha. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir-rajim. You are seeking the protection of Allah from this accursed shaitan. And so continuously repeat it. Say it as many times as you need until you feel the strength and power to get up by Allah's permission and to pray. For this is something we need to recognize and realize in our life. My brothers and sisters in Islam, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa during his day and during his night, he used to engage in a lot of salat. In a lot of salat, because no one, no one يعني, knew that the most beloved deed to Allah is the prayer more than Rasulullah. And so, since he knew that salat is the most beloved deed to Allah, this was the most deed he would engage in every single day and night. So when Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if you were to observe and ponder over the seerah of Rasulullah, especially the prayer of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you'd realize that he would pray at least 40 rak'at a day, uh, a day and night. 40 rak'at. 40 rak'at. 17 rak'at for the obligatory prayers. 12 rak'at for the rawatib, the sunan before and after. 11 rak'at, which was his witr, the qiyamul layl, the night prayer. So that's 17 plus 12 plus 11, that's 40 raka'at. He would pray, Allahu Akbar, 40 raka'at. Yani, we should be trying to achieve this. And it's not, it's not difficult. Wallahi al-Azim, it is not difficult. 17 raka'at for the obligatory prayers, we're praying, we're praying. Add to them al-rawatib, two raka'at before fajr, Four rak'at before Dhuhr, two rak'at after Dhuhr, two after Maghrib, ya akhiya, my brothers and sisters, two rak'at only after Maghrib, and two after Isha, and then go for a sleep and wake up. I am not saying to you, get up two hours before Fajr, not even one hour. Get up half an hour before Fajr. Get up 20 minutes before Fajr and pray 11 rak'at. Wallahi, wallahi, it'll change your life completely. 11 rak'at. The one who prays a lot is someone that is reading Quran a lot. These two go hand in hand. Salat and Quran go hand in hand. The one who's praying a lot, he's reading a lot of Quran. He's engaging in the word of Allah Azza wa Jal. 
And in order to see success in your life, you need to have an affiliation and a relationship with these two things, Salat and Quran. And now, why do we see that there is a lot of unsuccess in our life? Because Quran and Salat is missing. The one who wants to see success in his life, goodness in his life, barakah in his life, the, ones, the one who wants to see barakah in his da'wah to others, barakah in his advice, barakah in his words to others, the one who want wants to see productivity in his work, in his day, in his night, in his meetings with others, in his conversations with others. If you want to see barakah and success in your day and in your night and in your actions and jobs, then there are two things you must have all the time. And that is Salat and Quran. Salat and Quran. For Salat, it is Quran. Because the majority part of the Salat is spent reading Quran when you're standing. Especially the night prayer. It focuses that meaning for you. And it keeps you focused in your relationship with Allah and in the Quran. Because of course it's a quiet time. It's a time in where Allah descends. And he's looking at the servants and he always sees us subhanahu wa ta'ala. But this is a special time where Allah is observing the servants and he's uh, forgiving their sins and answering their dua and giving them what they want. So pray, my brothers and sisters in Islam, increase your salawat. A salat is going to keep you on the straight path. It's going to be keep you committed and steadfast until the day you die. And so if that's Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam praying 40 rak'at during the day and the night, that means there are 80 sujood. There is 80 sujood in 40 rak'at. Do you think the one who knocks the door of Allah 80 times a day that Allah would reject such a person? Yanenta, what's bothering you? Is there a matter that's bothering you? Take it. Reserve it for a salat. What is it? You want success in life. Tayyib. Allahumma wafiqni. Oh Allah, give me success. Ask Allah 80 times in every single sujood. That's if you're praying 17 rak'at the fard and 12 the sunan al-rawatib, 11 salat al-layl, 11 rak'at at night. That's 40 rak'at, 80 sujood. The one who is asking Allah 80 times, never. Allah would reject him because you are asking Allah in sujood, which is the closest you can be to Allah. Allahu Akbar. My brothers and sisters in Islam, I finally want to conclude with one thing, and that is you know, in the books of fiqh, there is a chapter that is titled Babu Awqatin Nahi. So when you open the books of fiqh, there is a chapter there, Kitab al-Salat, the chapter of prayer, and it's got all the rulings of the prayer. One of the chapters within the chapter of Salat, it is Awqatun Nahi, it discusses, it discusses the times in which the prayer is forbidden. There are times in which the prayer is forbidden. And so all the ahadith related to the prayer or the times in which the prayer is forbidden are in that chapter. And of course, what is meant? What does it mean that the prayer is forbidden during this time? Of course, it's referring to the voluntary prayers. It's not referring to the obligatory prayers because the obligatory prayer, whenever you remember it, 
let's say you forgot to pray an obligatory prayer, and then you remembered it in a time of where it's forbidden to pray, you must pray it. So the chapter of when, when the prayer is forbidden, the times in which the prayer is forbidden, is for the voluntary prayers. Now look at this. Let me tell you something. You see, the reality is that the majority of us don't pray any voluntary prayers because we only pray, pray the obligatory prayers. Sunnat al-Ratiba, maybe we pray Sunnat al-Rawatib, the ones before and after the prayers. Maybe we pray al-Witr. And some might pray the night prayers. Ask yourself, my brothers and sisters in Islam, when was the last time you made wudu and you prayed for Allah for absolutely no reason but for the fact that you love Allah and you know that the prayer is the most beloved deed to Allah? I'm not speaking about Salat al-Duha or Salat al-Istikhara or Salat al-Ratiba or the night prayer. I'm not speaking about that. I'm saying when is the last time you just got up? Heck, you, you loved Allah and you felt that love for Allah in your heart and you were motivated to get up and make wudu and pray two rak'at for Allah Azza wa because you love Allah and you know that Allah loves to see you standing in salat. When was the last time you did this? You see, this chapter in fiqh, Bab Awqatun Nahi, the chapter that discusses in which the, in the times in which the prayer is forbidden, the hadith mentioned in this chapter was meant for people who love to pray and love to pray all the time. So much so, that it is taught to them, stop, don't pray after Fajr until the sun rises. Then it's told to them, you can pray now. Keep praying, keep praying as much as you like, no problems. Then when the sun reaches the middle of the sky, it's told to them, stop, don't pray now until the sun has passed the middle of the sky and it's Dhuhr time. Then pray, pray between Dhuhr all the way until Asr, pray. Then after you have prayed Asr, and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam forbid. It's as though these people that love us salat are told now, stop, stop praying after Asr, stop. Don't pray anymore. Take a rest, take a break. All the way until Maghrib. Now pray, pray now, pray from Maghrib to Isha. Pray after Isha, the time is open. Pray until Salat al-Fajr. After you pray Salat al-Fajr, stop, enough, enough Salat. Not allowed to pray anymore, Khalas, stop. How? You know, the one who doesn't pray voluntary prayers, how do these hadith relate to him? Do people even care about this chapter in which Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam discussed in which uh, the times in which the prayer is forbidden? Do people even care about these hadith? But people are not even praying. Why would people study these hadith? So you should understand these hadith were meant for people who love us salat so much that they would continuously pray. And then it is told to them, stop praying at this time. Until the time of, uh, until the forbidden time passes by, then it's told to them, pray. Allahu Akbar. We need to understand, my brothers and sisters in Islam, how this salat is the most beloved deed to Allah Azza wa This is why we would understand some of us salaf, rahimahumullah, they used to pray 40 rak'at between Maghrib and Isha. And they would pray between Dhuhr and Asr. Oh, it's strange, huh? Isn't this strange to a lot of us? Who prays between Asr, Dhuhr and Asr? Who has God ever gotten up? And, and heck, he was, he was motivated. He was sparked 
by the love of Allah by his love for Allah and that Allah loves the prayer so he got up between Dhuhr and Asr and he made wudu and he got up and he prayed two rak'at for Allah not a duha or a sunnah ratiba or an istikhara none of that just two rak'at for the sake of Allah this is why Allah described the sahaba tarahum rukka'an sujjada you see them, you see them all the time in ruku' and in sujood. That's Allah's description of the companions. Tarahum ruka'an sujjada. And that was the case of our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He would say, Ju'ilat qurratu aini fi salat. That the coolness of my eye has been in salat. Yani I find comfort and coolness and delight and happiness and peace and tranquility and relaxation in a salat this is what is meant by ju'ilat qurratu ayni fi salat qurratu ayn this word is a word that implies the highest degree of happiness in a person's life he found it in a salat where is your qurratu ayn a lot of us where is his qurratu ayn maybe most of us qurratu ayn is i don't know what is it in seeing your wealth in seeing your check at the end of the week, in seeing your account at the end of the week, in seeing the dream car that you always dreamed to buy, in seeing the dream house that you always imagined, in seeing the, 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 the kitchen that you always imagined and how you wanted it to be. Most of us, this is where the nth degree of his happiness is. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam is saying and teaching us that the highest degree of happiness should be when you are in salat ju'ilat qurratu ayni fi salat that was the that was the love of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam for us salat in the battle of badr he's praying in the battle he is praying and he's raising his arms and making dua you see his love for us salat when he would come from a long travel rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he would come from a long travel the first place he would go to you know what it was? It wasn't his family. It wasn't his family. It wasn't his house. The first place he would go to after a long travel was al-masjid. And he would pray two rak'at. This is why it is a sunnah. That whoever comes back to his country after a travel, that he go to the masjid and pray two rak'at. This is highlighting the importance of the masjid and the prayer in the life of a Muslim. والنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كان إذا حزبه أمر فزع إلى الصلاة any time he was affected by a matter he would rush to the prayer this is how the companions described him and this wasn't a hadith he said this is how the companions described him meaning how many times did they see him rush to the prayer every time he was faced by a calamity or there was a distressing matter they had seen it so much that they related it to us as a news as a khabar, as an athar, as a hadith, that any time he was distressed, he was rushed to the prayer. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kana idha sarrahu amrun kharra sajida, if he was excited and happy with a blessing of Allah azza wa jal, he would make sujood. He would make sujood and thank Allah azza wa jal. You know, most of us today, when you get good news, right? Let's say you receive good news, you passed your exam, you are promoted in your work. Uh, 
I don't know, you applied for something and you, and, you, and you got it. Let's see, when you're excited, who do you share your news with? The first people who you share your news with are who? Your family, yeah? So you get your phone, you call them, Alhamdulillah, we got what we want, we achieved it. Or let's say, you know, there was a, a terrible sickness in your body, we ask Allah Azza wa to give us protection and shifa for all the sick. But let's say you had some sickness and then you did a scan, you did a scan and all of a sudden your cancer was gone. It is no longer there, it's disappeared, it's not growing anymore. You're so excited, you call your family first and you share the news. Alhamdulillah, khalas, my pain is gone and my cancer is gone. In a case like this, the first thing you should do before you call your family is sajda to shukr. You make sujood. And what's that? What is that all about? That is you thanking Allah first and discussing the matter with Allah first before you share it with others. And only someone that is close to Allah Azzawajal will understand this meaning. And not only that, will implement this sajda to shukr. For that was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He wants, to, he wants to express his happiness to Allah first before he would give it to his family or those around him. That is the idea of sajda to shukr. That's how connected the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was with the prayer. Always connected with as salat Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ Allah azza wa jalla, he says, seek Allah's help through the prayer. Seek Allah's help. Yani whenever you need help, Huh? And if you're, if you're in a state where you need help, that means you're in trouble. That means there's a difficulty. So Allah Azza is saying, seek Allah's help through patience and the prayer, through as-salat. You know, most of us during a calamity and a difficulty, we know that you say, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. We all know this. But who from among us, when there is a calamity, he gets up, he makes wudu, and he prays, knowing that the prayer aids a person and strengthens him concerning his difficulty and calamity. So we must all ask ourselves, what is our relationship with the voluntary prayers? Other than the, the, yani the fard, we're not speaking about the fard and ar-ratibah wal-witr, this a believer should already be doing. Now, when was the last time you prayed two rak'at because you loved as-salat? And you are longing for the meeting with Allah Azza wa Jal in this prayer. <sighs> now, subhanallah, this is what I wanted to share with you, my brothers and sisters in Islam. And don't forget that the first matter that is judged on the day of judgment is as-salat itself. If your prayer was correct on the day of judgment and it's all ticked and it was perfect and complete, everything else you did Everything else you did, zakat, reading Quran, fasting, hajj, umrah, being good to your parents, charities, looking for after people, looking uh, in the affairs of the poor and the needy, all of the good deeds you do are all a pass. All of them are a pass. And if, if your prayer was incomplete on the day of judgment, and if it comes ruined on the day of judgment, Everything else you did of the good deeds, habit, all of it fasad, all of it would be ruined. Allahu Akbar. Isn't that already enough for you and I to understand that we should prioritize as-salat before anything else in our life? 
prioritize as-salat before anything else. If your salat, saluhat, if it was good and healthy and you have maintained the prayer, then all your deeds are good. And if it was ruined, all your deeds are ruined. And that's the first question on the Day of Judgment. So my brothers and sisters in Islam, this is one opportunity we have on earth. We will never ever come back here ever again. This one second that just went by will never ever ever return. It's either that one second that just went now. It's either a witness for you. It either helps you on the Day of Judgment or it's either against you, it witnesses against you on the day of judgment. So let the time that you live on earth be a witness for you, and fill up your time with the most beloved deed to Allah, which is the prayer, as-salat, and you will not only see its benefits on the day of judgment, wallahi, you are going to see its benefits in this life. In every moment in your life, you're going to see the benefits of the prayer, in your relationship with your spouse. You're going to see the benefit of a salat in your relationship with your children. You're going to see it in your work. You're going to see it in your manners. Uqsimu billah, your prayer. You're going to see its effect if it's maintained well. You're going to see its effect in your manners, in your character. You're going to see it in your organization. You'll be organized. You'll be a person on time. You'll be a person that's productive. You'll be a person that people love. And you're going to see its effect in the grave as well. As-salat comes and it protects you min adhab al-qabr. That's its effect. As-salatu nur, as Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, as-salat is light. It will illuminate your grave. Now, don't forget these meanings, my brothers and sisters in Islam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us firm and steadfast upon our prayers. اللهم اجعلنا من مقيمي الصلاة اللهم اجعلنا من مقيمي الصلاة ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep us steadfast upon the prayers. We ask Allah azza wa jal to keep us steadfast upon iman, upon Islam, until the day we meet him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Innahu waliyu thalika wal qadir alayhi wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Jazakumullahu khaira. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.